Jess, Trey, Amy, Quinn, Ray, Leah, Maddie, Ray, Lily, Charlie, Faye, M, Bryce, Daniela, Elena, Marshall. Hey everyone, it's Ash and Liz, and you're talking with my puzzle pieces. You guys, something very, very exciting happened in our life today. Something that has been months and months oh my in gosh. the making. It's and been months and months behind. Yeah, so it was like months of planning, and then we like picked a plan, and we paid the monies, and then it was two months late. But today, today, we officially have a fully fenced backyard. Yes, fully fenced in. And not like some little baby fence, like six feet of red cedar privacy fence boards touching each other. Jasper? No, no, no. Hey, we are telling our friends in podcast world about your new fence. And that means you need to shush so we can do that. You are laying down. Stop it. Um, it's amazing. We have a half acre yard, so the dogs are in um, little dog heaven. They are. They are so happy. Mine didn't want to come in. Mine didn't until I left, and then he couldn't handle his life. Yes. Um, and they were completely worn out until, of course, we hit record. Yes, and then they decided they should be this noisy and annoying. If they don't settle, we'll stop and wait to continue. It's just sad when that's when that's the case. Yeah. I'm not, not feeling optimistic, though, I have to say. No. But we do have a fence, and we're super excited. Yes. And I can't wait for the kids to be home and be able to run around with the dogs and for them to all jump in the snow and it snows. And it's it's good. That's our big exciting news in our lives. It is. It's very exciting. Mm -hmm. We have been waiting on this. Since we got the house, really. So, like, almost yeah, a year. Yeah. I mean, we scheduled it. We started looking into stuff not long after, and mm -hmm. we have wanted it. That's, like, been one of our main priorities. Yep, so. that was our, like, first intentional project for yeah, this house. First, first big one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, other than that, I don't think we have anything terribly exciting to tell you. Not really. I mean, you're going to hear this, like, a few days after we recorded the last one. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. not, a, not a whole lot of updates. I don't know if you guys have realized this by now, but we don't live wild and crazy lives. So, there's not, like, a lot that changes day to day, yeah. thankfully, most days. It's really not. Um, so, anyway, tonight, we thought we would talk a little bit about some of the myths associated with DID or healthy multiplicity. Um not like in super depth, and some of them are things we've touched on, I think, in other episodes. But we've been watching um, a documentary, and that's what sort of triggered the idea to do this. So why don't you talk about? Yeah. So um, if anyone has ever heard of Billy Milligan, um, he. Um, so trigger warning. He um, just so you guys know, he did some not great things, bad rapey things. Um, so he raped. Um, I think it was four women. I don't know that for sure. I don't remember. Um, on the Ohio campus, I want to say. It's been a day, and I don't remember, but but like college age girls. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and he was caught and arrested, and he had a very horrific childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, him and his siblings have all talked about it. And it yeah, was, it's been substantiated by people. Other yeah, than him. significant abuse. And he um, developed dissociative identity disorder. Which he didn't realize at the time that he um, was perpetrating the rapes. Yep. And so one of his personalities um, 
I think one or like a combination of them were very were, were dangerous and did commit um, these crimes. And so there was a lot of controversy around whether he was making it up um, to get out of responsibility, whether he could DID be safe again, real. if DID was even real. So and I think if Jasper, anyone who has had to deal with telling people, I mean, just trauma in general, um, people often aren't believed, um, and DIDs has a lot of legitimate research, um, but there are definitely some people who still don't believe it. So while we were watching that, there are some things that are talked about really great, and then there are, of course, people on there who continue to talk about why it's not real or the skepticism side of it. So mm -hmm. say the things that make us swear at the television. Yeah, make me want to like pull out my hair and break the TV. Um, Jasper, but you're I not helping. So um, we thought that maybe it would be a good time since we were watching that and it's kind of been on our mind to talk about some of the things that people might say <laughs> when you start sharing or that you might hear or that you might see. Or that you might even be wondering as a support person or yourself. Like maybe someone has said like, hey, I think this is going on for you. And now you're having all these questions because of things you've heard or seen in the media. So we want people to be able to take those into consideration and understand what we've learned as far as like clinicians and based on like research we've read um, what we know and if you have specific questions please email us um, because we want to clear up um, confusion or provide people with resources if they are having questions and we're not going to touch probably on everything. We're just going to touch on some of the ones that came to our mind. So Yeah, we like did a quick brainstorming session a few minutes ago. So this is what you get. Yeah. But if there are other things, you know, feel free to, to reach out and ask questions because we want people to feel like they have somewhat of an understanding. Mm -hmm. At what point do we pause and succumb so, to the dogs, do you think? Yeah, so we've kind of done our intro, and the dogs, I think, need a minute. So we're going to pause this, which doesn't really matter for you because it'll just pick up. But for us, we're going to take a little break ski mm -hmm. and come back when my dog stops chasing her own tail. And my dog stops trying to eat her. Her face. Or any other part of her that he can get a, get a bite on. Really. Yeah. Tail, back. It's often her scruff, though. He likes to grab it and pull on it. And then she'll come and want to be petted, and it's soggy. Yeah, it's disgusting. Mm -hmm. so. so we'll go for now and see you in a minute. You. We'll see you in a minute, and for us, we're going to wait just a titch. Okay, the dogs are deadish. For the moment, at least. We're hoping they stay deadish. But not, like, real deadish, because we like them, but just, like, quiet deadish. Like yeah, they're like, they they wrestled, and they think they're sleepy, and we just want them to stay long enough to get this episode out to you. Yes. So. You are over there, because you have stuff in the way, yeah. so you might need to talk a little bit louder. Okay. I Possibly. Can yeah, I don't I know. some stuff. I'm also, while we're doing this, I'm simultaneously working on a sewing project, so I'm pinning pieces of fabric, and it did mean that I had to move the computer, but hopefully this is better then. Um, okay. So, anyway. I don't know. Do we know which one we want to start with? I'm going to make just, a noise for a hot second. Okay. I was just going to go down our brainstorming list and just kind of talk about them in a random order because right, I'm one. not sure it really matters. And then that way I really won't lose track of them. So, and this kind of fits with what I was talking about with the um, things about Billy um, Milligan mm -hmm. is that... A lot of, there has been some controversy around whether people who have DID are dangerous. Yeah, and I think 
research would go ahead and say sometimes just like any other diagnosis or any other human can be dangerous sometimes. Well, any not diagnosed human. Right. Like anybody can, can be, be dangerous. dangerous. Like yep. there are people who have no mental health diagnoses that commit murder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or so, sexual assault or a whole random slew of crimes. So, so I think part of that myth comes from the fact that people who don't understand DID are afraid of it. And they don't know how to wrap their head around it sometimes. Mm-hmm. So there's that piece. And then there is the part that, like, a lot of times the system has protective parts who can get cranky if they feel like the system is threatened. And so they might make threats or, or even be somewhat aggressive in a protective way. But I think that can happen with anybody who's having, like, a trauma response to something where maybe they overreact a little bit based on their trauma yeah so i don't think did is unique to that yeah i think again i think could you be dangerous if you have did it's possible Mm -hmm. um but i don't think that you are dangerous because you have did i think that's the difference yeah and sometimes having did could even be a protective factor for somebody with some dangerous thoughts um or impulses because Maybe only some of the parts have those thoughts or impulses and you can create a safety plan that allows other parts to help maintain safety. Whereas if you weren't a multiple, it would be harder because you wouldn't have the like semi-independent parts acting to keep the system safe. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Also, it's to me, it's the whole nature-nurture thing. I do think that we don't know what always makes a person capable of committing violent acts. I do think that if someone who has DID did that, there's a possibility they might have, even if they didn't have DID, like, Mm -hmm. I think that there is like something to that Mm -hmm. to be said to that, that I think anyone with a certain triggers or lifestyle, like it's, it's possible that something, the right mixture of events or the right Mm -hmm. concoction of things could cause someone to be violent. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And somebody who's just like survived abuse, um, like you, you see this, right. Where sometimes a person leans more towards identifying with the abuser and sometimes they identify more with the victim or, or like as a victim. And so, you know, if you survive horrible things, it could be that you choose either consciously or semi-unconsciously to act those out in your own life. But having DID doesn't define whether that happens or not. That's just a thing that can happen in trauma. But again, like Ash said, it it doesn't mean we don't know if they would have been a violent person without the trauma because we you can't do that research, right? Like you can't take two identical twin babies and do horrible, horrible things to one as a child and then have the other live a totally quote normal life and then see which one grows up to be the asshole. Like that's not, that's not okay. It's not ethical. Um, so yeah, I, I just, there will be, you'll people, you will run into things where, and I mean, you see it with other mental health diagnoses too, Mm -hmm. that, Oh, if someone has that, then they're dangerous. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, it's not that simple. So I think that's the point I want to get across that just because someone has DID doesn't mean they're dangerous. It's not black and white mm-hmm. like that. And it can be dangerous in a like act, like people can see it as dangerous, like actively like going to harm someone or also dangerous in the sense of like, they won't have enough self-control or presence of mind to be like a protective factor. So like 
when um, I first told a few people in my life that Ash had people, and then also they knew that I let them like be around my kids, there were pe well-intentioned people um, who had questions about like, is that safe for your kids? Is there any chance that one of Ash's people would harm them or would it be so much of a mess that they wouldn't be able to care for your kids? And I guess in theory, those things are possible, but in theory, those things are possible with any human you trust your children with, mm -hmm. family included. Um, so people can be really well-intentioned and still have some misconceptions about this. Mm -hmm. And if someone says that you might have DAD, don't panic because it doesn't mean you're dangerous. Yes. You're not going to turn into the creepy guy from, um, oh, what's it called? Split. That. And like climb up walls and whatever. That. So they use, they use DID in that movie if you've seen Split. Mm -hmm. However, the premise of the movie is um, superheroes. So mm -hmm. let's, and villains. So let's keep that in mind. They use DID to portray a villain basically. And that doesn't mean that people with DID have like, crazy superhuman powers are going to crawl up walls and kill people. And they did in, in the end, like humanize it a little bit. So you had at least an understanding of why the aggressive part was the way they were. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's not, that's, it's not that. It's not true to reality. No one um, in your body has ever climbed a wall that I know of. I haven't scaled a wall like Spider-Man. And you haven't <laughs> tried to eat me. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> I try it. <laughs> I would use my power for good. You would use it for good, honey. I would. Um, also, for for those of you who um, are Criminal Minds watchers, there is a whole segment in there about... Okay, we can maybe get to... I'll bring this point up later. Okay. I just, we're going to circle back to Criminal Minds? We'll circle back to Criminal Minds because there's some stuff in about DID and Criminal Minds, but it fits better with something else we're going to talk about. Okay. So, I mean, I think we've sort of addressed this. DID does not equal dangerous um, any more than, well, I guess I haven't seen the statistics. So I guess I can't say 100%, but it doesn't equal it any more than the general population. But it doesn't. There's no the research that says that if you have DID, you are more dangerous than the average Joe Schmo. So there. At least none we've ever seen. And I I do a lot of digging into DID stuff. Like yes. when I'm at work and I have downtime, we have access to like, if you know what EBSCOhost is, to search like lots and lots of scholarly reviewed articles. And I just like print anything I can find with DID so that I can read it when I have downtime. And I have not read a single thing that says that people with DID are more likely to be dangerous. So, so. myth. Myth. Boom. Yeah. What's the next one we wrote down? So another one that um, people often get mm -hmm. DID and schizophrenia confused. Mm -hmm. That is a thing. And I guess schizophrenia slash delusions, hallucinations. Yeah. Any kind of psychosis, really. Yes. So th they're different. So if you think about um, in DID, sometimes people talk about like hearing voices because they are, because they're sort of communicating with the other parts, even if they don't realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, from the stuff I've read and like the experience I've had talking to you guys and other people, it appears that more often when they're hearing those voices, they're, they feel internal, um, like you're coming from inside themselves versus external, like it's coming from the dog or I don't know, the president's beaming thoughts into your head through the CIA's secret technology or something. Or that it's even like an auditory hallucination that you're hearing like a voice outside of you talking mm -hmm. to you or yelling at you. So 
Um, and the research shows from stuff we've read that in now this is this is in general, so this isn't always the case. Mm-hmm. Um, often, if you have DID, you're not also experiencing hallucinations or delusions. It's not, not in the sense of like true psychosis. Yes, so you're often not psychotic and having DID, but you can have some hallucination type experiences. So like hearing a voice that is talking to you um, or sometimes seeing things that aren't there, usually connected to trauma though. So not quite the same as a flashback, but somehow a visual image that does connect to um, either a part internally or a trauma or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're a little different in that way. And then also like schizophrenia has other symptoms besides just the psychosis. Yes. So there's what they call like negative symptoms. So those are things that are like absent in someone with schizophrenia that wouldn't necessarily be absent in someone with DID. And I can't think of what those are right now. Something to do with your, like your mood and your affect. Yeah. And like some interpersonal stuff. Yes. So just, I I don't want to get super into everything because if you're really having concerns, you should see a legitimate. Yes therapist who can help you work through things. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like tests you can do and like, yeah, there's, there's things that can help you know what's going on. Yes. But in general, um, DID does not mean <coughs> you're crazy or hallucinating, um, or hearing things. Um, they're not one in the same. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you tell someone like, you know, you're talking about hearing voices or feeling like, you're hearing something inside of you and someone's like, oh, well, you're hallucinating and you're- You have schizophrenia. Yeah, not necessarily. So I'm not saying that if you're hearing things you don't have schizophrenia, I don't know you. And- um, It's not black and white, like you must have that. Um, So just because you, you know, and some people, when you talk to them, they might be like, oh, well, are you sure Mm -hmm. it's DID? Because if you're hearing stuff like that's, you know, they might Mm -hmm. have some concerns and so, just and even in the mental health world so like i have someone i work with who i respect very very much who anytime there's any sense of hearing or seeing things or having sort of incorrect delusional beliefs about yourself or like time or whatever they immediately jump to some sort of psychosis even when for me the like symptomology is crystal clear that it's a dissociative situation um and so sometimes that's just like lack of education Sometimes it's lack of willingness to educate yourself. But if you are diagnosed with something like schizophrenia and you truly don't think that fits, just get a second opinion. There's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with seeing another mental health professional and saying, like, I've been diagnosed with this, but I'm wondering if maybe I fit this other thing. Mm -hmm. Um, That doesn't mean, like, quit everything you're doing cold turkey while you seek a second opinion. That's a bad idea. We are not recommending that. Don't stop, like, medications or therapy. Um... But be willing to have conversations and mm-hmm. ask questions if you don't understand. Yep. Um, and a good clinician should be able to explain your diagnosis to you and why you have that diagnosis and not another one in their mind. Yes. Um, and if you are experiencing stuff and you're not sure what it is, um, I just make sure, I think, do your research on your therapist and if they have experience treating dissociative disorders um, and experience with trauma and not just it's one of the like 12 things listed on their Mm -hmm. bio that they do but 
they have actual experience. They work with a clinic that, um, you know, some additional training and trauma. Yeah. Or, or, you know, they, they can tell you what extra steps they've taken and, mm -hmm. you know, what trainings they've taken. Because this isn't something that's standard in grad school. Yeah. So, um, something else you can do is the ISSTD, the International Society for the Study of Trauma and Dissociation, has a like find a therapist option on their website. Now, there are certainly therapists that have the ability to treat dissociative disorders that are not listed there. Mm -hmm. um, however, it's a really good starting place. And then sometimes like, especially if you're not sure. Yep. And sometimes people like know somebody, right? So like, I know one therapist in this area that's listed on that website but maybe they're full. But if I called them, they might say, okay, well, I'm full, but here's a couple other people I know that um, also I feel like would have some experience in this area and then they could recommend. So don't, don't give up if you're trying to find someone. But there are resources out yeah. there. And if you're struggling, please reach out to us and we can directly send you some resources to try to help you find someone in your area. Mm -hmm. But no promises. Like we're yes. not saying we know people all over the, the world, but we can at least point you to some websites or things that it might at be At least helpful. point you in the right direction. Yep. Um, and one of the other ones we have that we talk about is um, borderline personality disorder. Yep. So it's lower down on the list, but it feels like it fits it here. It goes along the same. Yeah. So some borderline personality disorder is a personality disorder and it's character characterized by a lot of mood instability, often a lot of safety concerns, um, a lot of struggles in interpersonal relationships. Yep. A lot of like black and white thinking, feeling like I love you or I hate you and like flipping between the two. So a lot of those are things that can, you can see with DID, right? Because if there's different people, you might have struggles with different things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so sometimes people think they're the same and they're not. They're not. You can also have a part mm -hmm. or personality who has borderline personality mm -hmm. disorder like themselves. Or who has traits of it. Or who has traits of it. So you might seem like you have more traits of it because you have a part mm -hmm. um, that has some of those traits. So again, that's just something to, to talk with your therapist yep. about and ask questions and get clarification. Um, and if you feel like they're missing something, talk with them and, and let them know. And a lot of people, um, so most people who, before they get diagnosed with DID are misdiagnosed a lot of times. Um, and so I, um, I want to like, if you're cur curious or questioning or whatever, like it's fine to talk to your therapist because they may have diagnosed you with B borderline personality disorder because it does look like you fit on paper, but there might be other things that need to be considered. Um, or vice versa, maybe they think you have DID and really you just have BPD. So just asking those same questions, but never assuming like one diagnosis is the same as another diagnosis because they're yes. not because otherwise they wouldn't be separate diagnoses. Yes. So there there are certain components. So just you can ask questions like it is your treatment mm -hmm. and that's absolutely acceptable. Yep. Just like if you went to the medical doctor and they said, take this pill, like it's totally appropriate and I would say recommended to want to know what the pill's for or why you think that I, my leg is broken when I think it's sprained. Like, show me the x-ray or explain your rationale. Like, Yeah, or why do you recommend this medication over this? Because this is one I've taken in the past. Mm -hmm. so it's, you know, it's all the same. You, you are allowed to mm -hmm. ask those questions. Absolutely. All right, what's next on our list? Um, so this, I think, is less 
an issue today, but I'm not going to say it's not something mm-hmm. that comes up, that people who have DAD are possessed. Yep. So I think especially in the past, that was a bigger thing that like the church especially might say because they don't understand it, right? And so the idea of different parts like taking control or acting semi-independently is scary and overwhelming. Um, and I guess if someone wanted me to have an opinion, I would say it's theoretically possible that um, that someone could be demon-possessed. And I haven't ever met anyone, and I've met a lot of people who had people. So I did buy this really horrible book. I don't remember what it was called. I don't, it was from we like have this, it We still. do, mostly because I don't, I don't know why I dubbed it. But like I think because we wanted to know kind of what people's thoughts were and how people were approaching things. Mm-hmm. So um, that basically says if you think you have DAD, you're you're possessed and there's no other alternative so yeah and it listed a bunch of like different types of like demons and it was just very judgy and it it's the kind of thing that gives christians a bad name in mental health yeah um i was very angry when i was reading the book and i i do think there was like for me as the clinician or even i don't know for someone who's in a stable place with the idea to understand like the the history of how it was perceived. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a bad thing to read, but it's terrifying to think that someone might read it and think that this is how treatment should be because yes. it, it is not. Yes. You don't need an exorcism. If you have DID, you need a therapist. Yes. A good one. <laughs> yes. And maybe some meds. So some meds speaking of medications. You like how I did that? I like, I like you segued. Um, there are, I guess there's two myths that kind of go together that people who have DAD basically can't get therapy and can't be treated mm-hmm. and that there's no medications that work for people with DID. Mm-hmm. So let's start with the meds one first. Cause I so neatly segued. Um, so I think there is no medication that will cure DID. Um, so some diagnoses like schizophrenia, you need an antipsychotic. If we get you on the right blend of antipsychotics, you're, hallucinations and psychotic symptoms will disappear or diminish um, to a really manageable level. DID isn't that simple. And that doesn't mean that meds can't be helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, we, we've we been on a slew of... You had quite the cocktail for a while. Meds. We were on like, I don't know, five different ones at one point, like all at the same time. Um, I think in general, um, People who have dissociative identity disorder tend to benefit from some kind of antidepressant um, and or anxiety medication because PTSD and trauma is a lot mm-hmm. of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times there will be some component of like a sleep medication because there are often nightmares or difficulty mm-hmm. sleeping. Or like I, a prezosin or something specifically for trauma. Yep. Um, I know for a long time, I mean, we've probably slept like three or four hours a night regularly Mm -hmm. um, because we just didn't sleep. It just wasn't good. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, oftentimes you'll see some kind of mood stabilizer. Mm -hmm. Um, That doesn't mean that you need all of those things or any of those things necessarily, but those are common, common things that you'll see with DAD. Um, And sort of anecdotally, something that I think we discovered with you guys and that I've heard anecdotes of in other places is that it helps if the part that needs the med is present for the taking of the med. So if you have a part that's super depressed, it's good if they can share space while you're taking the med. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know why that is. 
but it does seem to mm -hmm. it does seem to make a difference for some people so something to consider if you're finding your meds aren't helpful um can you try to share spacers or adjust um who who steps forward for the actual med swallowing portion yes. um of the of the situation yeah um and then we were talking about tied in with that yeah. that there's no therapy that can help someone mm -hmm. with dissociative identity disorder um there's a lot of different things and I think the most important thing, because we could get into all of it and all the mm -hmm. different kinds, finding a therapist who has history working with dissociative identity disorder, trauma, and or dissociation. And that, again, is where the ISSTD mm -hmm. comes in handy because they can give you therapists who are part of their network that have legitimate experience treating dissociative disorders. Yep. And if you can't find someone like that, finding someone with experience working with trauma who's willing to learn. Yeah. Um, so if you have a, a therapist that you have a really strong relationship with and you really don't want to switch, but they're open to learning, they're open to reading the research, they're open to finding someone to have consultation with, they and you, you and they both know, like, this isn't their area of expertise and they're going to grow and learn. And you guys are going to keep having an open conversation about whether this is working mm -hmm. um, because everybody starts somewhere. You know, everyone has a first patient with a disorder and sometimes the therapist is more important than like the relationship is sometimes more important than their actual experience, but only if they're going to really get like research based learning because this isn't a thing that's easy to just intuitively figure out as a therapist yeah. and you can do some damage, well-intentioned damage, um, trying to, to navigate it. If you haven't done some of that research and you don't have someone you can go to for, um, advice or support. Um, in general treatment for DID is the, what is considered like best practice right now is a three phase approach. Um, phase one being just sort of, accepting and understanding that you have people sort of doing a little exploring of who's ready to be known within your system or to your therapist at that time and then working on that communication piece. Um, so once that's sort of settled, you feel like communication is pretty good, you're able to support each other and stay safe-ish. Um, then there's some form of trauma work. That doesn't mean you have to process every trauma memory you've ever had, but doing some processing and some work on dealing with the trauma that um, likely caused the um, fragmentation in the beginning. And then phase three, they used to say was um, integration, which they now call fusion. So the idea that you all get switched together into one human. Um, more often now, it's that idea of like healthy multiplicity or functional integration. So how do you function as a healthy human and what makes sense for your system? So that's the really short version of kind of what to expect from therapy. And research says that people with DID who go through a treatment like that, it takes a while, but they can go on to live super normal, super healthy, super productive lives. This isn't like a death sentence of instability for the rest of your life. It absolutely can be treated. So I think that ties into a couple other myths mm -hmm. that we touched on that you, you know, because you have DAD, you can't have a healthy relationship. You can't be a parent. Mm -hmm. You can't function. You can't have a job. There's all these things you can't do mm -hmm. because you have people. Yep. So none of those are black and white blanket true there may be periods of time in which work is harder for you or maintaining a relationship is harder for you 
or maybe it wouldn't be ideal to choose to become a parent in that moment if you could help it. Um, but it doesn't mean any of those things are impossible for you. We all have challenges. Yep. That make parenting or our jobs or relationships mm -hmm. challenging. And DID might add a factor to that. And it might be because there's something you're struggling with. It might be because the person you're with or the person, you know, isn't supportive or has trouble understanding or you meet someone and then once you share that, it causes some issues. So I think there's a lot of factors. It doesn't mean you can't have a healthy life. It doesn't mean you can't have healthy relationships, um, whether or not you choose to share with people. Um, it doesn't mean you can't have a successful work life. Like There are a lot of things that you can do. And I found there's a lot of things that I'm not sure I could do if I didn't have the, my people. If I had to deal with my trauma without people, mm -hmm. I'm not sure I would be able to do the things like my job. I don't know if you would have survived. That too. But I, I don't know if I could do my job the way I do without mm -hmm. the way my system functions. Yep. And so you're very capable. Yeah. Having... I mean, often people with CID are actually really high achieving, high functioning because they can be, because like one part can be dealing with trauma while another part is doing this or that. And so they have the ability to compartmentalize in a way that most people don't. Mm -hmm. And that can allow them to be high functioning. They also often use doing things as a distraction <laughs> um, if they can't sleep or they're feeling stressed or like as a way to ground. And so they can be super productive because they're doing that as opposed to some of the other things like sleep um, that we might be doing. And then I think like in terms of relationships, like, like I mentioned, like you guys with my kids, I think that in a lot of ways, being in a sort of healthy multiplicity place like you are, lets you connect with my kids on different levels. So like every parent, every person who spends time with kids and does it well, sometimes you act more childlike. Like you play the silly game or you sing the silly song or you um, use your imagination. So as a quote normal adult, right, you're tapping into that piece of you that, that can be childlike or what you were like as a child. So for Ash's people, that means Amy comes out and sings a silly song or Bryce comes out and like looks at the bugs with my son or whatever it might be. Um, and or Faye reads books and talks to your kids about the books yeah. she's reading mm -hmm. um, because they're more age appropriate for her and not that we wouldn't read them, but if we didn't have her, I don't know if we'd be as inclined. Well, you'd be as engaged in the stories. Either. Yeah, we wouldn't. I don't, just don't think we'd care about them as much because mm -hmm. they're geared towards a younger audience. Right. So I think in those ways um, it can be a strength. And I think in relationships – you, especially once you have come to a more stable place with DID, you've already had to navigate so many interrelationships inside of you that you've learned some skills mm -hmm. about like being vulnerable and validating and listening and compromise that you can bring to any other relationship that you might have. So it's not impossible. It's about picking the right people to try to have relationships with and understanding that someone else might be a good person and not a person who's capable of the complexity of the relationship that comes with DID. Yeah. And it's, you just, with anything, it, it takes work. Mm -hmm. And so you have to figure that out for yourself and you might lose some relationships. You might find some really good ones. And at the end of the day, DID doesn't exclude you from the good parts of life and the complicated parts or any part. Mm-mm. It absolutely does not. It just like anything else can add strength and can add challenge.
So you can be healthy and functional. Yes. Bottom line. Um, so the last, we just have a few more left. Um, these two kind of go hand in hand, I guess. Um, <coughs> there's a myth that someone who has DAD is faking it and lying. Mm-hmm. And there are also sometimes people who believe that the therapist induces or causes DID mm-hmm. and makes the person create these personalities and that if they didn't see a therapist, they wouldn't have these personalities. Mm-hmm. So I've actually read a good amount of research specific to this and I could go dig through my binder at work if anyone really wants to have a citation. Um, but they try, they do this in studies where they try, they bring in people who have DID and they bring in quote normal people. And then they bring in quote normal people who are faking DID um, and ask them to complete like assessment measures and pretty consistently you can't fake it well um just like even in assessment and in my experience like when i'm meeting with someone who is purporting to have alters i look for things like consistency so if amy presents as amy every single time i talk to amy meaning her vocal patterns are similar her word choice is um, appropriate to her sort of identified age and way of expressing herself. What do her eyes look like? What does her body language look like? Does her energy look feel different? If those things are consistent across time, that's really hard to, to maintain if you're faking it with several different people. So like if I said, hey, Amy. Yes. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Hey, Trey. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. Hey, Bray. Well, I don't know where she is. We'll find her. Yeah. How are you? This is weird. I know. Isn't it so fun? Does anyone else want to step forward and I'm... say hello? <laughs> yeah. What about, would Em say hi? I see Em's eyes. Can you say hi? Hi. Can you say a little bit louder? Hi. Thank you, baby. Yes. You can go back if you want. Okay. Okay. So those people all sound basically the same when I talk to them as themselves. Um, I can feel the difference. I can see Em's eyes when she pokes out and isn't sure if she wants to talk. Those things are really hard to fake long-term. Mm-hmm. And I guess not that someone couldn't, but generally people have a very hard time doing it. And um, I've actually read, and I couldn't, if you ever need, want research to back this up, we can get you articles, we can get you supports. Um, I just read a lot of stuff. It's hard to remember it all. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have read some articles, too, on people who try to have, like, if you look at... um, Brain scans? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, That the brain scans are actually different Mm -hmm. consistently across the people. Um, Also, I've read some research on people, um, scam artists, who Mm -hmm. will have multiple identities and how um, they've actually done research into scam artists who can't have too many identities Mm -hmm. Um, because they can't maintain them and it's too challenging mm-hmm. for them to keep that many different people straight. Um, mm-hmm. And it actually like kind of makes them feel like a little bit crazy, a little bit crazy and not themselves. So um, I know that sometimes you might feel crazy and mm-hmm. you might worry you're making it up. And I want to say that's also really normal. Mm-hmm. Um, we have had that concern. I know people I've worked with are like, well, what if I'm making it all up? Same. My if you're worrying that. about that, you're probably not making it up. Right, because if you're worrying about it, then you're not like saying, oh, I want to have this thing. I want to make this up and be believed by it. You're like, 
trying to make sure that what you're saying and what you're reporting is accurate mm -hmm. for your experience. Um, and like, like Ash or someone over there was saying, like the brain scans can be different. Often um, they can be able to do research using like skin, um, the skin conductivity measures or things like heart rate and respiration and looking at other things. And those things often change from person to person um, with DAG. So those are some of the also like more like measurable things that people can find. Most of us don't have money to hook ourselves up to one of those machines or for a therapist to hook us up to one of those machines. But there is research which shows the legitimacy of it. Mm -hmm. So, yep, absolutely. Um, also, your therapist is not creating personalities in you. Not that a therapist sounds like so much work. Couldn't, I suppose. But this is where I wanted to get back to that criminal minds thing. Okay, go. Ahead. So, there is criminal minds, and there's um, one of the serial killers that they're hunting, and his name is Mr. Scratch. And he targets people who have DID or dissociation and, like, tries to create more personalities in them. That is not real life. That is a TV show. And I just want you all to know that. I do think, though, let's say you had DID and you got picked up by some crazy serial killer. You would be more likely as someone he, who had already. I know, I know. No, but he makes them into killers. Well, that's not the same. Okay, that's where I want to. Yeah, no, you would be more likely to fracture, right? And that can happen if you've already fractured, like a situation that maybe wouldn't cause fracture for a quote normal person will cause further fracturing for you. Because you've already dealt with a lot of trauma and shit. Well, and your body, so, that's the way your body's already learned to cope. Yes. So it's just become a, a pattern. So you might dissociate to deal with being picked by a serial killer. No, but he um, makes them like dissociate and creates more personalities who like go commit murders. So that that's, doesn't, no, that doesn't seem real. That. The, in some ways, they talk about DID really great in some episodes of Criminal Minds. In mm -hmm. other ways, no, 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 no. I think so, that's true of a lot of popular media. Like, they'll have a part that's good and a part that you're like, oh, shut up. Believe everything. Um, Yeah, I think, like, maybe it's theoretically possible for a therapist to create fracturing. But I don't think it would sustain over time the same way it does with DID. I think it would be yeah. more short term. And... <sighs> I, the research doesn't support that that's a thing that really happens. Yes. Um, people, but I do think you, again, you should be looking for a therapist who has experience with dissociation. Mm -hmm. It's important. Yeah. And like being treated in a not appropriate way can cause further fracturing or can cause some like alienation amongst parts or things that can, that can complicate your life. Mm -hmm. um, but I've talked to lots of people with people and I'm quite confident that I did not cause them to have people. Um and I think some of this, too, came about after the whole repressed memories mm -hmm. scandal. So there was, there were some therapists who were putting clients under hypnosis and using suggestive language, and people were recovering memories that had never happened. Mm -hmm. And you can create false memories in people. That's You can mm -hmm. do that. Um, but false memories and false people? Not the same. Very, very different. So. Yeah. And I had a thought tying into that. What was the next thing on our... Oh, identifying trauma. So sometimes when I talk to someone about like, oh, this person is identifying as having some people or like they feel, sometimes I'll say like they feel people to me, meaning like I feel like there might be some fracturing or something going on that I haven't quite figured out yet. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes people will be like, well, what's their trauma? And while it does appear from the research that people with DID, like the starting point for that fracturing is some form of trauma, that doesn't mean that the person that's presenting to you in therapy will necessarily remember the trauma or know that they have it even. Um, and so 
just because someone denies trauma, that could be that they just aren't ready to tell you. It could be that the person in therapy doesn't know. It could be that they don't consider it trauma. I had a patient recently um, ask me, like, I don't know if I have trauma. And I was like, well, why don't you tell me some of the things that you think might be trauma? And then I can tell you if those are things that some people might consider trauma. And man, they had had like witnessed a parent die at the age of like four. Another parent had been incarcerated. They had, had been homeless and like living on the street for a period of time. Um, they had, I can't even remember. So it wasn't necessarily conventional trauma. Like they didn't have like specific sexual trauma that they remembered or whatever, but good Lord, their whole life was unstable and traumatic from a really young age. So they would have told you they didn't have trauma though, if you asked them, because they didn't, they didn't want to feel like they deserved that title. And also trauma in some ways, like there are a lot of things that we can all agree are traumatic. Mm -hmm. Trauma is also a perspective thing. Mm -hmm. Like someone might experience something as traumatic that someone else might not. So mm -hmm. I don't think anyone is. No one gets to decide if you have trauma or not. Yeah. No one gets to tell you if something you experienced was traumatic. They can validate you. it for you. Like, yes, I can understand how that was traumatic or it's totally fair for you to say that's traumatic or I wonder mm -hmm. if that was traumatic for you, but they can't tell you it's not for sure. Yes. Like it, how you experienced it is how you experienced mm -hmm. it. Um, Peter Levine has a really good book on this. If you're a clinician, um, I can't think of the name of it right now, but it's, it's Levine. And he talks about how the way, what happens immediately following the trauma often partially determines whether we experience it as trauma. And some of that relates to like physiological arousal. Like, were you able to be in a place where you could calm your heart rate and your breathing? And how did the adults around you respond? And a lot of those things. So something that in a really calm, supportive, safe environment wouldn't have been traumatic might be traumatic for a child in a chaotic environment, for example. Yeah. And another component so if, if you, you know, listen to the title, it's Dissociative Identity mm -hmm. Disorder. So the whole point is to dissociate and disconnect <laughs> from the trauma yeah. so you can survive it. So it's no fucking wonder you might not remember all of it. Mm -hmm. Especially the person who's like the outest. And I know that's super, the super technical term. <laughs> but the person who's having to like be out and do life, often like your system wants to keep that trauma from you because they need you to life. Yes. And so like I need you out functioning in the world. For or, instance, okay, go ahead. When I met you guys, Leah was aware in a broad sense of a few of the trauma things. Yes. But there were many, many things that she had no idea about. Yes. And even like other people, like it was a lot of like uncovering layers and like groups of people who knew this thing and groups of people who knew that thing. But I think there was probably only Quinn that could have told you all of the trauma. Mm -hmm. And he would, he didn't come out and talk. He was internal. Yeah. And again, that's the whole point. Mm -hmm. And so you might not remember it or you might remember like weird pieces of it and it mm -hmm. doesn't seem like it all goes together. Um, and a lot of like, I know there are people who like, they only hold maybe one memory or there's a part who just holds the physical sensations for one mm -hmm. trauma or one like chunk of trauma mm -hmm. or someone who just holds the sights or who just holds the sounds or it like it can be broken up mm -hmm. so many different ways yeah we had that it's really hard to piece together so just because you can't say 
this is exactly what happened to me and this is why I have DID mm-hmm. doesn't mean you didn't have trauma and doesn't mean you don't have DID. Yep. Um, I worked with a patient who like had one part who had just a memory of like being held down and another part who had a memory of like a needle being put in their arm and then being injected with something and another part that had a memory of like a smell. And we didn't know if all of those things were one cohesive memory that were just stored by different parts, if those were multiple different instances, if it was even, if some parts of it were things that were experienced as traumatic, but wouldn't otherwise be traumatic. So like being injected with something like maybe they were in the hospital and needed a medical procedure. And so they had to be held down and given an IV and it triggered a trauma response because of other times they'd been held down. So the memories don't have to be clear and cohesive for them to exist. Yes. So just because you can't point to something specific or you're not sure doesn't mean you don't have DAD or you don't have trauma. Mm-hmm. So. Or that you don't have some level of dissociation. So we use the term DAD a lot. Um, but there's also like that whole other subgroup of like not specified. Yeah. So meaning you don't quite meet full criteria for DAD, but you have some fragmentation or a lot of the symptoms of DAD. And honestly, I think probably of the people I've worked with, more of them probably were like an NOS than a full on DID diagnosis. So, so NOS. Oh, not otherwise specified. Sorry. Um, so even if you don't meet 100% all of the criteria, that doesn't mean you don't have some kind of a dissociative disorder or some kind of fragmentation mm-hmm. that could still benefit from treatment. Yep. And if you look at like internal family systems theory, they posit that we all have some level of internal separation, like even quote normal people. Mm -hmm. um, And that it helps us to like reconnect with sort of all of the separate memories and thinking patterns in ourselves and different parts of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that it's actually really normal to have kind of different pieces of yourself and to have them function as one. Mm -hmm. Um, And that it's actually not that crazy. Yeah. We all kind of function that way. And if you think about it, like a lot of us have like our work persona Mm -hmm. or like, the side of us that comes out more at work versus around family or around our kids or around certain friends, Mm -hmm. or you hang out with a friend you've had for a really long time and you maybe act more like you did when you were a teen because, Mm -hmm. you know, that's when you guys were close. So, um, it's not totally crazy. No, you know, and that's an area like we've, Ash and I have done like one one hour training talking about internal mm-hmm. family systems theory. So we are not experts. We are not, but it's on my list of things I want I to learn. I would love to learn more about it. Um, I keep getting emails actually about it. The problem is there's so many things that we want to learn and so little time and so little money. So if anyone's like, hey, I would like to pay for you to take a training. Um, I'll take it. I would 1000% love for you to do that because I want to learn all the things about all the things. I do too. And I want to be able to help people and provide all the resources and get more information out there so people can get the help they need. Mm-hmm. And um, this this currently is a, a free podcast and I don't plan on changing that. And it means we do all of the recording, producing everything by ourselves, as I'm sure you can tell in some of our crazy episodes what? that this isn't like we literally just talk to a computer. We don't even have mics or anything. No, it's not. We just kind of chat over we're, a drink. We're not. Yes, I am. I am currently, um, and I, I'll plug this in. This isn't an actual ad. They don't sponsor me. They're not going to pay me. But truly is delicious. I'm currently Particularly, which is the ones you like, the punch? I am. Yes, the punch Trulies, but the Trulies in pack. general. Um, they're only 100 calories. Um, very little added sugar. And um, I'm right now drinking a Truly Berry Punch. Costco also has a Kirkland's brand that's pretty good. Delicious. 
I, on the other hand, am drinking blueberry margaritas out of the bottle because, well, From good old pick and save Metro Market, whatever the these are the ones you want to call the, it that day. I got made with a gabi wine. wine, and I will tell you, it knocks you on your ass if you drink too it much does. of it. I have had some bad agave wine margarita experiences, yeah. um, but I'm I'm being careful about my consumption, even though it's out of the bottle. Well, because then I don't have to wash the cup, and we I, already did the dishes. I don't that. want another cup to wash, so. This just felt easier. Plus, so anyway. no one drinks it in my house but me and Ash, and I don't think she cares. No. So on that tangent, Jasper's starting to whine. Oh, boy. And um, I don't want him to interrupt this because we're finally finishing up. Yeah. So we would love to hear from you guys. Um, so it'll be in the show notes, but feel free to email us at mypuzzlepiecespodcast at gmail.com. Um, and we recently set it up so you can donate to our show if you'd like. Um, I don't want this to be like we're expecting people to donate or we're trying to do this to make money. But like I said, this is all of our own. If you'd like us to have like time a real and energy. Or so if you want to have like a real microphone and have some maybe like editing software, so when the dogs are in the background, we can at least like muffle some of that. Um, or so that we can, you know, buy some books and do some reading <laughs> and provide you guys with more resources. Um, feel free to donate. Um, and along with resources, if you ever hear us talk about research says blah, 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 and you want to know what we mean by that, um, I can't always remember it off the top of my head, but I can probably find where I read it or something similar. So feel free to reach out and say, like, can you give me um, a citation for an article that talks about this or that thing? Or um, is there a good book to read about this or that thing? And if we know the answer, we'll give it to you. And if not, we'll do some hunting and see if we can find it. I think in general, if you want information on DID, Colin Ross mm -hmm. has a lot of good stuff. He's done a lot of research, um, so he's someone yeah. good. Anything that has Frank Putnam's name on it, he's really good. And if you're looking for stuff on trauma in general, um, Bruce Perry has done a lot mm -hmm. of really great work. And Peter Levine. Um, so... Those are just some people you can check out. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of like websites, the International Society for the Study of Trauma and Dissociation, the ISSTD.org. Mm -hmm. um, there's also a group out of Florida called... An Infinite Mind. Mm -hmm. And they um, they don't like do research, but they can point you towards resources and just help you connect with other people who either have DID or are support people for DID. Um, so there's a lot of good resources out there. Mm -hmm. You just want to try to find the ones that come from a reputable place. And we're happy to help with that if you need it. And so, before Jasper cries, we're going to go for the night. So we love you all. And good night. Good night.